Hello and welcome to the Consumer Goods Forum's end-to-end global value chain podcast series. In this series, we hear industry insights from people working to find collaborative solutions that benefit the entire value chain. And today, I have the pleasure of giving the floor to Rudiger Hadekun, Director of the CGF Value Chain Coalition. Over to you, Rudy. Thank you, Zoe. And we have with us today a nearly usual guest. Miriam Molino, Stevo Systems, Head of Global Retail Practice. Miriam, hello again. Hello. <laughs> Good to have you with us. Um, I'm so happy to, to be here with you again. Excellent. So, uh, Miriam, we have a topic that we first actually covered in Spanish. And I know many of our listeners said, that's great, but wouldn't it be even better if we can also get an English version. So I think you agreed to come up again and say, yes, let's do an English version. And the topic is one of high importance, I think, to the retail landscape today, which is the role of marketplaces in retail in 2022. So should we start with the questions, Miriam? Yes, yes, please. Okay, here we go. So Miriam, Figures from different research sources show an interesting and persistent growth for marketplaces in almost every geo. Why are marketplaces growing so significantly? And what is your expectations, 25 years of experience, for this type of digital platforms? All yours. <laughs> Thanks, Ruby. So marketplaces are not a new concept, not at all. But um, they have been gaining great attention as they have experimented an acceleration in their growth and variety during the last years. So brands have found in them an excellent way to go digital or expand their digital possibilities. And retailers on the other side of the have also seen clear advantages in, in, in marketplaces. So, so before going to the numbers, let, let me give you a quick perspective of the, of the marketplaces as landscape. So, so we see, as I said before, a great diversity here. For example, we have business to consumer marketplaces, probably the most traditional ones with players such as um, Amazon or GD.com. We also have uh, our retailers managing their own marketplaces in almost every geography. So we have um, uh, companies, super big companies such as Macy's or, or Walmart or Carrefour or Grupo Exito. So, so m many big retailers, as I said, in, 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 in almost every, every geography. We also have business to business uh, marketplaces with the players such as um, eBay, some niche and specialized marketplaces around fashion, for example, uh, fast fashion or high-end such as Zalando, ASOS or Perfect. And we also see delivery marketplaces, which are players like Uber Eats. And, and um, the, the, the ones that are more um, specialized in this kind of, in this kind of, of businesses uh, expect to have greater complexity and greater, greater diversity here in marketplaces with um, social media, search engines, and um, other type of players entering this marketplace context. So, so the expectations for, uh, for the future is that these businesses gain complexity and interest linked to complexity, but also the figures are showing, are showing growth. So let me give you some, some revealing data. Um, for example, in, in, in 2020, 
marketplaces accounted for more than 50% of all e-commerce sales in the US. And, and growth was estimated at 15% year over year. The global revenue for 2021 is $3.2 trillion. So as you can see, super relevant uh, figures here. And, and studies from different sources agree that by 2025, in, in retail and travel categories, online marketplaces can account for 45, 50% of all online spending, excluding, um, excluding greater China in this, in this figure. So greater complexity coming from new players entering into the marketplace business, clear growth, and, and the reasons for, 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 for this growth uh, are various. So I'd say the first one we can um, say that is an alignment, of course, to, con to consumer demands and, and consumers evolving behaviors that are converging at the same time with brands' interest in increasing their digital presence. Another reason for, um, for this growth is that the big ones in terms of retail are setting the, the, the pace here. So we have um, Amazon, Taobao, Walmart with, with great world, uh, uh, marketplaces, businesses, as I said, setting the pace for, for, for the rest. Marketplaces represent a good way to support diversification in retail. And diversification is something that retailers are looking for in order to increase their margin, their margin figures. And, and these type of new businesses generate clear synergies with other retail businesses, such as, for example, retail media network. And um, another reason for, for growth is that marketplaces may represent a, a way to minimize the um, potential supply chain uh, impact on inventory by expanding the number of options. So, so different reasons why retailers and other players are moving into the marketplace arena. And expectation is that this model will continue evolved in the, in, in the, the coming years and growth will be will be also there, which is which is an, an, an important thing for, for the retail context. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, looking into current retailers and the, the ones that have been around for a while when it comes to digitization, I mean, they are facing some challenges, right, with, with this new onslaught of digital solutions. What are the challenges that retailers should consider when opting for a marketplace diversification strategy? So what would you recommend? Though it may sound a bit contradictory with the previous answer. Main challenge here is, um, is competition because um, as I said, super big players are already there playing at global scale with um, uh, super extensive assortments. And of course that um, there is creating growth, but it's also creating and an, an great competition when, when playing this, this same game. So it is also true that um, some European marketplaces, for example, such as, as Salando, I mentioned Salando before, for example, um, are operating quite successfully, but, um, but for the majority of retailers competing with, with the global counterparts in terms of size, scale, it is, it's too hard. Um, for example, just as an example, the largest threat to US marketplaces comes from China, who in Taobao, Tmall and Yidi.com the last one is owned by Alibaba, possess three of the four largest e-commerce marketplaces globally. And all, all three, um, they have 
manifested their intentions of expanding their presence in, in Western market by 2030. So key challenges, the high level of competitions that any new player may face here. And apart from that, I will highlight three aspects that are very relevant and, and every retailer considering to create or expand their marketplace uh, business should take into account. The first one is around the positioning. So uh, retailers wanting to get into the marketplace business will need to define whether they want to play with a clear separation from their current operations, their current channels, or with a model that will complement what they have right now. It's not only about the assortment that they want to position in the marketplace, it refers also to the pricing and promotion scheme, to the services they want to provide, the loyalty program, or the role, even the role of the stores. So they, 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 they will need to decide what is the approach that they want to go um, for with this, with this marketplace business. As it uses to happen in retail, there's no, there's no unique winning strategy. So we are seeing leading brands and retailers that um, um, have created their marketplaces uh, in a more standalone model, so separated from their own direct-to-consumer channels and operations. But we also see other merging their marketplace assortment with its own using the same channel. So from a consumer perspective, it's completely transparent. So this, this um, definition is one of the things that um, got to be established with clarity from the beginning. Second element or second challenge that needs to be considered is the, um, the cost to be projected when, when you create the business case. So um, it's not only the cost of the platform of the um, marketplace, but there are a myriad of additional costs. Some of them are more direct to the operation. So for example, the um, cost of onboarding and managing brands, the cost of the supply chain and, and operations to necessary to move the product from the manufacturing to the um, marketplaces, marketplace warehouses or the distribution facilities or to the stores, depending on the delivery model, the cost of return management, so some costs are more easily to anticipate, but, uh, but there are others that may not be that direct to the, to the operation and are, are more difficult to calculate. For example, the impact that the new processes may have on, on, on current processes and systems, for example, in, on customer care processes or on a store operations, if stores are included in the, in, in the model. So the, the challenge here is that um, the competition is so hard that the bar for service is really high. So for example, Mercado Libre, which is one of the key players in the LATAM geo, according to the, to the data that they provided for the uh, third term, third um, term in, in 2021, more than 80% of their deliveries were executed in less than 48 hours. So the level of service and the expectation from service is very high and that implies cost. And one needs to be very uh, sure of the cost that it's going to, 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 to be incurring in uh, when projecting the case. So I'd say first challenge is competition. Second challenge is to perform an accurate plan of the, of the, of the future cost. And the third one, which is linked to the second is 
um, is around engaging the right resources and the necessary investment. So it's not only that you understand what are the real costs associated to the, to the operation, but it's also that you are able to create the adequate team to support the project, uh, to keep the, the, the push and the momentum from the leadership so, so that um, throughout the whole execution, there's a continuous support from the leadership of the company and to realize that may that might be additional investments because with the evolution of the uh, marketplace business and the evolution of the digital model, a retailer may want to incorporate new capabilities. So for example, moving into hyper-personalization around interest and communities as part of a, an overall customer experience type of a strategy. So to summarize, key challenges, competition, cost, and the ability of the um, organization to keep on the momentum in terms of dedication, engagement, and investment. Oh, thank you so much. Um, lots of information and insights there. So thank you for sharing. With regard to data, data being the underpinning piece that holds it all together, so to say, from a data perspective, how should retailers prepare themselves to support their marketplace businesses? Any ideas you can give them? Oh, as e-commerce expansion has um, many times clearly shown, anything that has to do with expanding digital capabilities, gaining complexity in operations, even looking for efficiency coming from automation, so all these things that are um, I would say probable, probable actions in every retailers mean good, clean, updated, governed and integrated data. So setting up a marketplace business um, implies new products, new categories, new search criteria to be handled, new customers, potentially new services. So, so um, a whole set of new data that needs to be captured or created and manage. And these, alongside with the rest of, of digital initiative that retailers are executing, are executed, needs to be done under an agile and automated to the maximum type of processes, because they need to ensure that they are able to scale up and facilitate integration to support growth. Just trying to ask you a question, and I, take, I would like to take the opportunity to say that any robust data strategy that will be driving data, data architecture decisions need to be addressed from a global perspective versus trying to support a specific initiative or a specific problem or challenge. And it is true that marketplaces, maybe marketplaces, uh, business can be a super relevant initiative uh, for retailers, but they, they shouldn't be addressing that one in an isolated way because probably retailers at the same time uh, are also trying to move their supply, supply chain and operations to a more flexible models. Uh, they're also implementing some type of sustainability programs and all these initiatives alongside with the potential uh, moving into marketplace uh, business require access to data, requires integ uh, integration, enrichment of data, communication of data. And if you do them 
in an isolated way, you may be duplicating effort and probably creating new silos of, of, of data. So my recommendation here is to incorporate from a business perspective all key relevant business initiative to have a clear and global data strategy that then will be guiding a different set of actions, but from a coherent perspective. Yeah, very clear. Thank you, Miriam. And um, another question coming up, for, which is about different models when it comes to setting up a marketplace. So, of course, there are choices. So, in your opinion, what should be the approach here? Any ideas? So, so moving away from the managed model, as, um, as we are talking about retailers setting up their own space, as it uses to happen in retail, we see different scenarios already taking place in the market. So, uh, for example, there big European players such as um, Carrefour or El Corte Inglés that have opted in and decided to implement software as a service solutions. But at the same time, we see others, and I'm thinking and one of the key department stores player in, in Latin that has clearly chosen to build its own in-house marketplaces. So the, the market has proven that there's no right or wrong answer here. I think it's more dependent on a series of, of um, elements. For example, the strategic intent behind the marketplace business that retailers may have linked to that, the growth expectations and linked to those previous ones, the time element. So the level of urgency that uh, retailers may have in, implemented this, in implementing these new capabilities. Of course, Investment capabilities is something that needs to be addressed also here when, when taking this type of, of decisions. And, and also what is the IT strategy and, and the type of relationship with vendors and the level of dependency that you that the retailer wants to create with, with third parties versus developing everything in-house. So pros and cons in every model and as I said, no right on answer because we see successful model, uh, models in, in, in every scenario. But there are a number of um, internal and external elements that need to be addressed before deciding to go for one or the other. Excellent. Perfect. Thank you so much. I think we ran out of question and out of time, Miriam, as usual. <laughs> Thank you so much. No, very good insights. So today we discussed the importance of marketplaces in retail challenges, the data perspective, and the different models when setting up a marketplace. So thank you for sharing your insights and knowledge from Steve Systems. Ladies and gentlemen, this was Miriam Molino, and we hope you enjoyed our session today and looking forward to our next one. Miriam, I hope you enjoyed being with us. I've always, I mean, it's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much. And over and back to Zoe to close our sessions. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast series, End-to-End Global Value Chain. For more information about our work, check out our website, cgfvaluechain.com. Thanks again, and see you at the next episode.